Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. Good evening. <laughs> Josh is not able to be with us. Uh, Josh does construction, and right now is... Uh, it's a busy time. Oh, man. He, he is hung up today, and so our... Uh, beloved pastor has come and joined us and i'm not going to get on my soapbox but uh, the way that the society is right now it's hard to find anybody that will work and those that are willing to work they're working them to death so absolutely that's kind of the position that josh is in right now yeah especially i mean it seems like everybody's building right now and so he he's always super busy so uh pray for josh um we'll miss him today but we're excited pastor jason's with us um uh, how you doing good good kind of ruined our intro just i'm kidding <laughs> so um today we are continuing our conversation of spiritual gifts uh if you remember this last week we did a short mother's day episode me and drew um drew actually he quoted some bible verse and started talking so he, he's a young studier and uh i'm just so happy he came and joined um it's a little weird when it's just me in here talking to a, a yellow wall so uh, i'm glad he was here um but before we get started i think and Alan and our and our pastor, I don't really talk to them about this, but um, I feel like I've encountered so many opportunities and scenarios here lately, which um, Pastor Jason on our Wednesday nights has started a teaching series where he is going through the book of Jude. So he's literally getting ready to start teaching on false teachers. But I've been in so many scenarios and talked to some people literally within the last week that... When they talk about Scripture, they're only teaching it and sharing it from how someone else has shared it with them. Like, they're not studying it out. They don't know. And the sad part is, is you know, I was able to talk and help one gentleman who wasn't set in his ways. He was actually having some questions about the rapture and about when the Antichrist will be revealed and what's the mark of the beast and all this. And so, you know, me and uh, I was trying to help a guy from this church. We were talking to him. And all of a sudden, I noticed, which it's on Facebook, so I noticed how everybody was getting on there, and they're talking about how this is really what the mark of the beast is, and their pastor told them this, and told them this, and told them this, and all I did was just propose some questions, biblical questions about some context, and it's like people didn't grab a hold. They didn't know, or maybe they've never heard it before, and we've done a segment in here before about the importance of studying the scriptures, but it seems like now uh, is a good time for people to open their eyes in a sense, pay much closer attention, and really start studying the Bible and getting into things. Because as our pastor is talking about, like these false teachers, they're creeping into these places and these churches and misleading hundreds and thousands. Or like you know, Grant and I have had some conversations about um, people that he he knows that. They're taught things a certain way, and that's their bread and water. I mean, if it's not that, they don't want anything to do with it. And the thing is, is they're kind of out of context. And so when we look at this day and age, here we are, 2021, we've got false teachers everywhere, but we live in a society that it seems like isn't really breaking the word down itself. They're not studying themselves. They're just kind of talking about what so-and-so has taught or so-and-so does this, or, you know, maybe they're casting judgments. Well, when I I go through examples on the podcast, please, I hope that our listeners don't think I'm bragging about my stupidity. But a a lot of times when I look at the Scripture, I look at my life as I was raised a church kid, came up in church, never missed, 
I found myself in a place of spiritual laziness in a position of, uh, I guess, uh, contentment in where I was at, satisfaction, kind of com- being uh, complacent with any spiritual development. And a byproduct of that is when we get into deep subjects, when you get into stuff that's got some biblical mystery about it, I found myself being intimidated by those, uh, you know, who were, I guess you in the, I mean, doing the air quotes again, spiritual elite group uh, that were, you know, had an opinion and they were very strong with it and very forthcoming and free with it. When I get in those positions, I find myself intimidated because of the fact that I wasn't studied. Well, oh, now as <laughs> I've grown, the good thing about this podcast, this venue, this uh, tool that God's give us to use as a resource to help the community and uh, not only our community, but the ones that uh, stumble across and listen to it, there's an ability to be challenged by God's Word. You don't, I mean, even if you don't know who I am, maybe we've never met, maybe there's something that's said that will stimulate a little bit of conversation uh, curiosity in your head to get in God's Word and look at it because what I've learned in my own life is that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that teacher, that uh, you know, comforter that's there with me always is all I need to get in God's Word and search, and He'll reveal truth to me. He'll reveal to me. Uh, you don't have to be intimidated by the uh, water that gets muddied by the ones that have the strong opinion if you think, huh, that don't sound right. That could be the Holy Spirit working in your yeah. life. Telling you how you need to get and do the research and the groundwork and and, and run reference and, and understand what God's Word really is saying about the, whatever the topic is. Yeah. And it's even like, you know, we're, we're having a conversation uh, just back and forth about the mark of the beast, right? And this one person made a comment about how the mark of the beast is sin. It's always been with us. And so I was like, hmm, never heard that one. But, you know, the explanation of why that statement was made was because my f- uh, pastor told me that this is how it is and that he's not wrong and he's a studier and he's this and he's this. And I was like, that's great. And I'm sure he studies. I'm sure, right? He He's looked at the Word of God. But when you look at that statement of the mark of the beast is sin and it's always with been with us, that's not accurate with what Scripture teaches us. And so when you look at when such a claim is made, I guess it's one of those things, it's like, I've made comments before about things that I thought this is the way it is, and this is how it is, but I guess when I came across the Word of God, and it showed me otherwise, I had an opportunity to have a teachable spirit or not. And that's what I'm kind of pressing towards right here, is when we have an opportunity to learn something new, or maybe see something biblical and we haven't viewed it right, we have to have a teachable spirit and understand that this is the Word of God. It's not our interpretation. Uh, it's not what we want. You know, and we've talked about this before. It's like I, I was reading something the other day about, you know, um, well, how one denomination is celebrating 65 or so years of women pastors. So I was like, oh, man. So I start going through these comments, and there's some guys standing up for truth, like, the Bible and Timothy teaches this. The Bible teaches this. The Greek for this. And they're contending for the faith. And one person, they quoted a husband to one wife. You know, you start looking. At, and they're like, well, it, it doesn't literally mean wife. It means just a spouse. So it could be their sex that is a pastor. And the guy was like, no. 
You can't change the Word of God to your opinion or your preference. It's the Word of God. It's plain and white by itself. We don't have to add to it. And so I feel like this is a day and age where everybody's doing that. Oh, you know, I heard one comment this this last week. Hey, you shouldn't use the Bible as a weapon. Stop weaponizing Scripture and using it to make the rest of us feel bad. And I was like, Nobody's weaponizing this. The man just read the Bible for what it was. You're the one that's taking offense to it. And so I think, you know, our pastor said it in his sermon this morning. We've got to stand for truth. We've got to cling to truth. It doesn't matter what we think. Or, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible I read that hurt my feelings, but that doesn't mean I try to change it. That means I accept it and I let the Word change me. Yep. And... You know, I I think that's just a burden that we have in this podcast is we want it to go out and be an educational tool for those who will listen. Exactly. Not that we have anything to offer. Or that we're intentionally trying to offend. We're not intentionally trying to offend. No. If the Word of God offends, then that's between you and the Holy Spirit. And hopefully we're not making enemies, but we're drawing people closer to a sanctified relationship and a passionate pursuit of Christ. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at contending for the faith, I mean, when we talk about subjects in here, which, I mean, you know, the loss of salvation, um, salvation plus this, plus this, plus this, all these things that we have talked about and communicated on this podcast, is we're looking at biblical scripture with biblical proof and trying to contend to educate others that this is what the Bible truly teaches. And it's like, you know, uh, Holly Miller, which he's the pastor out in Sweetwater right now. He has a series that he did at one of his old, his old church about tr- Calvinism. And, you know, one thing I love is we're friends with a deacon there. And he made this comment that Holly never looked at someone and said, you're wrong. He just said, no, let's go see what the Word of God has to say about this. And he would take time to teach and explain these biblical precepts and say, this is how I view this passage of Scripture. And this is why we've got to be at that point yep. when we contend. And that's what we want to do in here is we want to go through the Word of God and communicate it, contend for it, and present it, and then pray that God would teach everyone who would listen to this and, and see. Um, so, But, you know, uh, Pastor Jason, you've been pastoring, and this isn't to brag, probably like, what, 20, 20 plus years? Yeah, a little bit less. Yeah. So you have come in contact with probably people that don't agree with you on your biblical stances. So how important is it for a church member, whoever, or even a pastor, how important is it for that person to be encouraged to really study the Word for themselves? Nine out of ten times it's never over doctrine. (laughs) It's it's over over preference. But uh, I just turned quickly over what we was talking about, the Bereans, and it just said they they were in readiness of mind. They searched Scriptures daily whether those things were so. So they wanted to know if God said it, if it, if it was so. Um, through the years, when you come to uh, like certain subjects, not, not secondaries, but when you come to uh, the salvation of man, work of the Holy Spirit, you know, um, the, the, the work of the, the Trinity, the, the, the foundational subjects, most of the times people that are raised in a certain denomination, they already have those beliefs in them when they're, a child from the time they're a teenager right so they believe what everybody else believes there comes a time though where your teachers begin to challenge those those kids or those teenagers and uh, and hopefully you have people that um, know how to study grammatically you know historically and 
uh, hermeneutical side of it, which we all have learned later in years in life. Um, a lot of things were spiritualized. It seemed like when I first started, there's a lot yeah. of uh, people spiritualizing a lot of texts to fit um, their message. And um, and I think now it's to where that um, I think through the work of the Holy Spirit and in the way that seems like he's working and those that follow him is to bring those truths out and just sit down and say, well, this is what it says. This is the text meaning. Um, will you receive that? You know, it's like in counseling, I've learned that when you sit down with folks, um, people are not going to agree unless you have a truth source. And if two people can agree on a truth source, which is the scriptures, um, then we can all leave there with God being pleased. If one rejects, right, then one, one obeys, it's not going to be sorted out. So that's where I guess when we look in churches, there's so much division. Somebody's going to be wrong. Yep. Not everybody's right. So that's why Scripture interprets Scripture, and we rightly and divide it. Uh, you know, we're like subjects like they're talking about the Mark, uh, apocalyptic Scripture. Scripture, when you read it, some of that stuff, we know a red dragon ain't going to be chasing a woman. We know, <laughs> we know it's not going to be like that. But, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they put so much weight in what men say rather than study to show their own self-approved. Yeah. And uh, there are good pastor teachers out there that uh, will rightly divide it. And, uh, but you've got to be willing to, to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will confirm, right? Yep. Um, I've had to plead ignorance a lot of times in my life and say, Lord, you're right. Yep. I understand this more clearly. And I was even, I'm trying to remember what the text is in Timothy where it talks about studying to show yourself approved. But you get into the second half of it. Uh, pastor Jason looked that up. Um, when you get into that second half of it, it starts talking about um, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, that's an important task that we are given because when you look at the word of God, um, this is a big responsibility that we have been given by God. Um, you know, Paul would be a prime example of someone who took such responsibility and being the gospel starter of the the Gentiles in the New Testament church. But yet, he even told young Timothy to be very um, consistent and very adequate when it came to rightly dividing the scriptures and teaching other people the scriptures. Now, when you get into that text about rightly dividing it so, which one of y'all find it? No, I was was just funny that you mentioned that made that exact statement as I was looking for the scripture. I didn't find it, but I found the one in the second Timothy uh, chapter three, verse seven. Six. Oh, go ahead. So in the process of learning, it says that the, they were ever learning, but never able, able to come yeah. to knowledge of the truth. So uh, with that, we want you, we want to make sure that uh, our listeners, we, you know what? It's not about being smart. It's not about, you know, being able to win the conversations. It's not about, you know, uh, 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 embarrassing somebody by, you know, wagging your finger and saying, ha-ha, you're wrong. But coming to the knowledge of truth and being able to uh, appropriately apply that to your life is the goal and uh, and help others to come along the way and not, not make a name for yourself, I guess is the, the point that I was trying to make. Yeah, and when we, which it's Second Timothy, uh, chapter two, verse fifteen, I believe. Uh, yes, like even when you look at that text, I know the King James says, "Study to show thyself approved." But when you look at the context, and you even get like the ESV version or NASB, it says, "Do your best to present yourself to God, one approved." 
So even when we look at like the King James Plus study to show thyself, when we look at that word study, it means to use speed, make effort, be prompt, you know, give diligence in your study, in your efforts, right? But that last section, rightly handling the word, um, that when we think about the word of God, it has been given to us, um, you know, even... F- 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, which talks about all scriptures given, breathed out by God. We've talked about theopneustos, breathed out. And when we start talking about how um, we have to handle the word of God, it's a big responsibility. And I think the spiritual gift that we're talking about today is going to be great because when we think about knowledge, there are those that have been gifted uh, with such gift to be able to help teach and guide others. Yeah, I'm going to give you one text because... What we're talking about here is um, in Hebrews 5 and 12 and 13. It says, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principle of the oracles of God, and become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. So it's we're talking about things. You get off into, like I say, it's not only eschatology, but that revelation, apocalyptic. Everybody's wanting to get into the very deep stuff. And he's like, if you're not even practicing the simple basics of the fruits of the Spirit and how that you speak with one another, he's like, you guys are like babes. You, you don't understand. <laughs> you get quarrelsome over that. He's like... <laughs> I mean, I, I even remember like a point where I started getting into hermeneutics myself and even like with uh, Bible college. I started realize I had a hunger for deep things, right? But then all of a sudden I was challenged in the basic things that I didn't have solidly founded. And so I had to, in a sense, go back to the foundations of the faith and study them out biblically to get a better grasp on them. And now I'm at a point where I'm actually getting into the deeper things and I can have somewhat of a grasp on them because the Lord's matured me. Uh, but, you know, when you look at this gift of knowledge, so this is a, you know, we've talked about the Holy Spirit and how He gives gifts. There's a measure for each person, and He gives gifts out as He seems fit. And when we look at, think about this word, um, knowledge, which um, I've got the, the Greek definition. Uh, well, the, yeah, I have the definition, but I would uh, love to share the word with you guys. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. And when we look at this text, it says this, and this is my NASB version. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the Spirit. So one is given wisdom, uh, to another the gift of knowledge. And when we look at this word of knowledge, uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this word because I might butcher it, uh, genosis. When we look at this Greek word, your definition for it is intelligence. Uh, general knowledge of Christian religion. Now, this isn't the full definition. This is just parts of it that I have condensed to make it more simple. But it is an act of knowing. Uh, One of the words that's given is like science. So so someone who is intelligent, someone who has been given this gift. Uh, John MacArthur, um, as I've studied out the spiritual gifts, he has a great sermon sermon series and commentary on on the spiritual gifts. He puts it like this, uh, which I would encourage you guys to study things out on your own first. Um, Pray over it. Really seek the scriptures and seek the Lord to teach you before you result to a man. Um, So this is one of the last things I was doing was reading this. And man, he just gives such a a simple sentence. And he says this, uh, quote, begin quote, This gift may have been uh, 
relevant in the first century, but it is today the ability to understand and speak God's truth with insight into the mysteries of His Word that cannot be known apart from God's revelation. Knowledge majors on grasping the meaning of truth. Wisdom emphasizes the practical conviction and conduct that applies it. And I thought that was just a simple, simple sentence or two. Uh, to define this word of knowledge. So, with that being said, I do want to talk about a couple verses of Scripture before we do open up our conversation. Uh, when we look at like Romans fifteen fourteen, and I have two Scriptures to talk about, uh, Paul says this, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, so he's talking to his brothers in Christ, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. And then another text would also be 1 Corinthians 2.11, and I wrote a statement down, but 1 Corinthians 2.11 says this, For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? So, also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And so when we look at this, this literally has to be a spiritual gift given out. First, no one can understand the things of God unless the Holy Spirit teaches us. I mean, as we Pastor Jason covered this morning, this morning, right? Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. We can go in Romans 8. But when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul's teaching on the wisdom that is given by the Spirit, and he paints this picture of who knows a person's thought except the Spirit that belongs to that person. Then he says, well, so is with God. God's Spirit comprehends God because it's His. And then Paul says, we haven't received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, and we might understand things freely given us by God. So Paul is literally saying that they haven't received some other spirit. They've received the Spirit of God. So when he says, we can understand the things that are freely given us by God, then he says in verse 13, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So Paul set the example of, hey, we can teach these things because the Holy Spirit's taught us And these are spiritual things, and now we're going to teach spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Why? Because we have been given the opportunity and the spiritual gift of knowledge. Now, when you look at like Romans 15, 14, Paul's talking to his brothers and they're instructing one another. This makes me start thinking of people, right, that are in positions of leadership. So, for example, I mean, when you read First and Second Timothy, what is Paul doing? He's imparting wisdom and knowledge to Timothy to help him as he stands up in Paul's place or someone else's place, and he begins to pastor. So when we look at someone who has a, a position, right, or someone who has an opportunity to lead people in the Word of God, this is usually someone who has the gift of knowledge. Why? Because they have a knowledge that, as Paul said, he they are imparting to others spiritual things that are going to be spiritually discerned. So guys, Alan, as we talked about before, Alan's a deacon, and he's been here for a while, but not only that, he he's taught a lot of Sunday school classes. Um, and then Pastor Jason, we've already talked, he's almost passed for about 20 years, and he's went through a lot of his studies and learned a lot of things. So guys, being two guys, right, that, you know, both of you make comments, you know, and stay humble about, you know, not the smartest in the world, not this. But it seems like God has given you enough of a measure to be able to impart spiritual things to other people. So being two guys that have an intelligence that you can pass things on to other people, why is that so important that it's handled correctly? And we use this gift if we have it. So when I, when I study, when we, we're, we, we've, we talk about our topics, we've typically got a plan for laid out for a week or two, and I'm, I'm looking and I'm praying and asking God, 
this one particularly, how, what, do you, what, what direction do you want me to go in? And the thoughts that God gave me were all to try to maybe steer the conversation towards applicable to the church today, this gift. So it's, it's so important because not only uh, those who have the gift of knowledge, uh, maybe they, they're not active. Maybe they're just, uh, maybe we need to, as, as people in the position of leadership, need to recognize this and make sure the right people are in the right place so that they can share their gift. And uh, we just finished, for instance, I, the adult class had uh, been a study of the book of Hebrews. And some scripture that came to my mind was in Hebrews chap- chapter number 10, verse number 20. And uh, that's not it. That's not it either. <laughs> Let me jump in. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll, I'll find my scripture while you're... We'll tag team. Go ahead. Um, so whenever the Lord, when, he, when, he, when you have the spirit of wisdom or a spirit of knowledge or any of these... Uh, um, any of these gifts of the Holy Spirit, then there's also a drive in that person to excel in them. Yes. There's a desire to understand the things of God. And um, one of the things is I was, you was talking about Timothy. Um, there's also, there, there's also a, not only a calling on our life, but there's an obligation that whenever that God holds us responsible for these things, he said, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, and as I jump down through here, he says, okay, these things command and teach. He goes over and says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift. Meditate on on these things. Then he says, and give thyself wholly to them. So as we learn these principles and these doctrines, we are to surrender ourselves to them, to meditate on them, practice our lives through what the Lord has given us the knowledge about because if all it does is come from your lips and never comes out through your life, then what good is it? What good is knowledge, right? Is Wisdom is when you apply what you know. Then he says, Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. And here's key. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So so the next generation that we pour into, these things that we know and understand, it's obvious that the world's trying to give them a different message, to lead them in a different direction that's apart from God. So so with me, it's it's everything in me to stand on truth and the things I know and understand and I meditate on them and I give myself to them so that whenever that you, when you preach or when you teach, when it says to command and to, is that it's not optional to, to allow another doctrine come in. It's not optional to allow a false teacher to come in. Do you, do you see what I'm talking about? So, uh, because when you have this truth, you'll stand on it. Yeah. So the, the scripture that I couldn't find was because I was in chapter 9 mm-hmm. of, yeah, Hebrew, that, get of you. Hebrews. It's the high priest it's, chapter. <laughs> instead, instead of chapter 10. <laughs> so uh, chapter 10, verse 26 says, uh, For if we sin willful, willfully after, after we've received the knowledge mm-hmm. of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fear for looking for judgment of fairy and dignity, for shall devour uh, the adversary. He that despised Moses' law did die without mercy under two or three witnesses. For how much more sore punishment suppose ye shall there be worthy who shall trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted his blood of the covenant wherewith uh, as being meaningless. So uh, that knowledge that's received and that is so valuable, uh, man alive, it's... uh, 
to ignore that and to not pass that on and to not culture and nourish and, and develop that, uh, we're doing a huge disservice, not only to uh, the local body, but to God himself. Well, even like that text. So when you think about like the Jews, the Hebrews that would have heard that text, um, a lot of those guys were at a, a crossroads to turn away yep. and to not believe or to believe. And so when you look at the aspect of the knowledge of truth that's mentioned right there, I mean, Paul's writing to Jews that are thinking about, mm, this ain't for us. Right. We're, we're leaving. You got something? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just... But even Paul himself, Hebrew of all Hebrews, unless the Holy Spirit confirms that in their heart, they're not going to believe it. No. So it takes the, the spirit of truth when yep. he comes, right? And he'll do these things. So that's how that uh, that I can learn and be led by even by by someone teaching me is the Holy Spirit will confirm that and teach me that truth, yeah. and I I will agree with that truth mm-hmm. and receive it. Yeah. And if I don't, it's like a churn in the stomach. You know, I don't know about that right there. And so, just just like with the Hebrews, there comes a place where, like Hunter said earlier, you have to get to where you have a teachable spirit. If you have a teachable spirit, we're going to say, Lord, we're going to let God be true, every man a liar, let him minister to us. Some of the best years of my life of learning God's Word was in a small room, a little office that I had in block walls, and it was some of the, the best teaching I've yeah. ever had. It's just reading His Word and praying, and, uh, and and the Lord will teach you. The Holy yeah. Spirit will teach you. that that that. Um, so the the gifts that He divides out are like the, the gift of knowledge is... It's not just for you, and it's, Paul said we didn't come to you in men's wisdom, exactly, right? Exactly. With much assurance, power. So through all those things, is that it, there's also a confirmation of those that teach you, that stand in front of you, that they they've spent time with the Lord. They're going to know you by your speech. They're going to know you be you've been with the Lord, right? Yeah. So so when we think about in a, within a fellowship, and and it's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Investing in folks, saying what God has said. I mean, we're basically His audible voice in the absence of Jesus bodily not being here, right? So now these gifts, the Holy Spirit has just divided these out. And, uh, you know, we don't do it. Um, the Bible talks about, like, your pastors in there. You don't do it because you you feel like you have to or, you know, like it's a job to you. No, you don't You don't serve like that. You're wanting, you're wanting to share something that you've been... I mean, the Lord's revealed, showed you and It'll taught you. change people's lives. Yep. And when you look at, like, like you were saying, it's something that's got to be passed and shared. Like, even, like, you know, Paul. I mean, Paul, I've made the statement. I, I think Paul pretty much had every spiritual gift. And it's just, a, you know, not relevant opinion. But when you look at, uh, literally, the gift of knowledge, I mean, the man was given it, specifically. I mean, he contested. I mean, he was probably the top apologist of his day and age, yeah. the defender of the faith. He would go into the synagogues and contest with the Jews to their face. I mean, not through Facebook, like to their face. And when they would come back with comments, you know, oh, well, you know, a man who is given the scriptures and inspired to write, like, you know, his defense about the resurrection of the dead. Like when you get into 1 Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. The man was given spiritual knowledge, had to be, to be able to explain stuff. But now look at what he's doing for Timothy, right? He noticed Timothy has the gift and a calling for a pastor, but now he's trying to impart wisdom and knowledge to a young man who also is gifted in wisdom and knowledge, and he's trying to help him out. And you want to talk about how this the, the, the big machine's clicking and how all the gears are meshing together. Yeah. We can go back to our uh, 
topic of faith and how that Paul had that ability to believe that mystery that he had confidence in and the confidence that was so great uh, he believed it and it cost him his life uh, that confidence in what n not just knowledge he had but wisdom and uh, to, to uh, play off the point that our pastor made uh, that knowledge is the proper uh, wisdom is the proper application of knowledge and the bible says if any man lacks wisdom let him ask god let him ask god to give all men liberal yeah. he'll pour it on you, if you want, yeah if you uh, want liberally to. not just sparingly but liberally yeah. you, you, they were going through a trial and he's like you can know why and you can ask and i'll i'll yep. let you know yep. why yep like, like here's some here's some more appalachian <laughs> for you okay daddy told me there's two ways of learning easy way and a hard way <laughs> you 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 can learn it God can teach you. He can bring you to a point where you have a willing learning spirit, or you can yeah. ask. Well, it's even like um, you you made a comment earlier just when we were telling you to come over here and fill in for Josh. Um, well, what we asked you, not told you. Um, how Priscilla and Aquila mm -hmm. assisted Apollos. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, when you study out history and some of the comments Paul made, I mean, it seems like historically Apollos was a pretty, pretty eloquent preacher. I mean, he everybody knew who he was. You know, when Paul mentioned, you know, who am I of, Paul or Apollos, he could have mentioned any preacher's name, but he mentioned Apollos. So when we look at the fact that Priscilla and Aquila had an opportunity to come beside him and help him, that means that they had some knowledge and some wisdom to probably pass along to him and help feed that fire that he yeah. had to grow him. Yeah, everyone is affected by him. We, we all bring an interpretation to the table when we look at the text. Every person does. Um, it's like some of these young men, I introduced them to Bob Utley one day was back a few years ago. He's a professor of hermeneutics. And I, not to mess him up, but just to look and see he, how he views Scripture a little differently than someone like MacArthur or, you know. But, but what I see, is, I see men that love God, you know, men that, that have a desire for the Word. But you also see that they all they all have a place where they may say, well... Secondary things. Secondary things. Not yep. primary. Those, those two men could preach the same revival, yes. MacArthur and Utley, and still preach the same gospel. Preaching Christ resurrected. Yes. Not, they won't affect salvation, how a person's saved or any of that, but, but as far as you get into the, the grammatical side of things... The mysteries. The loss of interpretation or, or the, the background of uh, the two differences in theology that they bring to the table... But here's what I love about both men. There are places that they'll say, this is me, not the Lord. This is my interpret. You know what I'm saying? And that's, to me, those are men that's that's worth listening to and reading after because they're not trying to impose on you to be like them. They're just saying, here's an area that I just fully don't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, at that point, yeah. let your brain register okay and then take that con into consideration as god helps to mold your opinion yeah but ultimately depending on the holy spirit yeah, the, the folks dividing over you know scripture interpretate king james versus which version and you get into all these things where people are stand <laughs> on one leg yeah we've covered that <laughs> yeah but i'm just throwing it in there just to say that um that's the problem how the enemy's found a way inside fellowships yeah. to prevent the work yeah. to uh, bring some division. Yeah. This is us and that's you, and he's going to clean all this mess up one day. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, when Paul talked about, you know, he was talking about the mysteries, they even said like the prophets spoke of. They didn't know. When you look into those mysteries, now obviously like when you study like Ephesians 3, Ephesians 4, I mean, he's talking about the gospel. Yeah. The gospel has not fully been revealed, and he's going to be the one that 
him, Peter, you know, they they knew it. They were going to be the preachers of it. And not only that, Jesus preached it throughout the whole gospel. So he revealed it to them to go out and reveal to others, um, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we start talking about even further, I'm 100% confident. When Paul taught even the secondary things, he didn't miss a, a, a dot. He, he understood Scripture. I mean, he, he had a clear, you know, even when he talks about, you know, I knew a man that once went into third heaven, and a lot of people have different interpretations of that. But if that was Paul talking about his experience, yeah, he had it. So I believe when you look at the gospel, for Paul to be able to write all these things out, he had to have a clear understanding of all of it. So really, other than Jesus Christ himself, Paul was probably the second person to have the best grip on all the mysteries. Now, MacArthur... Bob Utley, our pastor, thousands of years later, are on a list of men who have a grip of the mysteries, and all of them are at the bottom, because they weren't meant to understand some things within the scripture, like Paul, or especially like Christ, you know, they're not at that standard, but God, I mean, it's it's like Christ, well, I mean, not Christ, what Paul said, he's like, you know, who do I preach? Christ crucified. He he exemplified that all the time. I'm just going to preach Christ crucified. I'm just going to preach Christ crucified. But yet, now we live in a day and age where there are men, I mean, like myself, right? There's some questionable things when we run into in Scripture, right? Like, you know, people talk about Hebrews 6. People talk about the resurrection mm-hmm. of the dead. People talk about all of these things. Now, there are some points that I'm kind of like MacArthur. I'll say, now, this is not the Lord. This is not, you know, he given gave me a special revelation. This is my opinion of how I've studied out Scripture. I mean, example, and this is not to start a huge new segment, but like the resurrection of the dead, right? People ask, well, why is that first? Why? How is it going to happen? Are there zombies? You know, when you look at all this, when you study out 1 Corinthians 15, you'll understand it. But then you've got to go read a lot of other places to try to get a better grip on what it's talking about. So I have my personal opinions. Now, you know, can I support some of them in text? Yes. But I say all that to say this. There comes a point where you will find intelligent men with the gift of knowledge and they might disagree. But what I love is if you were to sit Bob Utley down and John MacArthur down and they have the conversation, they're not going to leave their enemies. They're not going to leave their tearing each other's faces apart. They're going to have peace and similarities. Why? Because they believe in the same gospel. Yeah, think about this. So we're talking about Paul, one of the greatest apologists there was outside of Christ, right, and Peter and those men. But even in his ministry, in his latter days when he's in prison, there are other men that didn't need him anymore. They thought they'd done reached the mark. Yep. They thought they'd done reached that spiritual high. So what that teaches me is there's going to be a, there's going to be a place in your life through, through that sanctification and through the gifts that he enables you to have as you pursue those. Those are going to be used to benefit someone else. Yep. They're going to be used to help people along. And Paul knew that. I, I want to make a statement right here. A lot of people, a lot of men, everybody wants a pulpit to preach from. But the th- difference is is the men that, that preach what they believe is because they've experienced. A lot of today's preachers are only writing what other men have lived, and they can't write their own book. Mm. And that is where that I think... We get tore up. <laughs> get tore up, preacher. Because, hey, listen, before we wrap this uh, uh, this segment of spiritual gifts up, we need to circle back to this point because really, in a nutshell, uh, the whole purpose in the gifts that God gives us, it's not for us. It's for the body. It's for the uplifting of the, the, the kingdom of God here on earth like it is in heaven. If you don't labor for the gift God has given you, it's not. 
you're not you're not helping others around. No, you. you're not. You're not. And that's I mean, it's even like, well, so here's a here's an example. You know, you've made comments, right? Our pastor did not have the opportunity when he first started ministering. Period to be able to go to Bible college, right? But he was called to preach. He was called and gifted to pastor, and he has spiritual gifts that we've talked about. So, even though he didn't get to go to school, he labored in them, right? He had to spend countless hours, right? He didn't have somebody just to help him get a head start. He had to literally, through the Holy Spirit, learn all these things. And I'm not here to brag on him or to lift him up, but that's what I'm saying. He has an experience that he can write about, that he can talk about. But here's the thing. He doesn't base his experience off an emotion, or because of what someone else says, he bases his experience off what the Word of God says. That is the standard that he preaches and he encourages us here at Watson Chapel to live by. And so now, you know, I, I, this is something that I've been able to learn because, you know, God's blessed me with the opportunity to go to, to college and to be able to learn and do all of these things. But still, it's not for my experience. It's not for my emotions. It's to live by his standard and use what God has given, right? To help others because whether you go to school or you don't if you pastor you've you're called to the table to help edify the saints to edify the body if you're called to be a deacon if you're called to be a sunday school teacher if you're called to lead a monday night prayer right you are in a position where god is using you to help others and you know you might think i'm not the smartest though or i'm not the if God's called you to the table, that's a cop out. Exactly, it it's a cop out. I used it for years. <laughs> because here, here's the thing. I mean, here's yeah. here's the thing. If it wasn't for countless hours of study, right? But not only that, listening to people teach the Word of God, reading, studying, prayer, right? I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't know the things I know today. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to to say this. I expected God to just give me everything, right? Just to, here you go, here's an increase, here's this or this or this. And one day it hit me, right? He talked about Bob Utley. I was one of the guys that was introduced to him. So Bob Utley starts talking about how Mark 16 and John 8 were not in the original manuscripts of the Bible. And I was like, why? Right? So I start getting into it about how that's been a controversial debate for centuries because they were added in later. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, I was rocked. My faith was rocked. I was like, dude, I've been lied to. Somebody's not told me the truth. You know, but that's not what it was. No, not it's, at all. I realized that day, if I'm going to want to figure this word out, one, I'm going to have to be taught by the Holy Spirit, and two, I'm going to have to get into this thing and study the historical applications, the spiritual applications, and God's standard for my life as a Christian. Because if you don't do that... What are I mean? You're just sitting there. Well, I'll tell you this. I know you're developing and God's God's moving and and, and forming you into something special. And we're seeing it right before our eyes, Hunter. Uh, I've heard uh, folks that we've talked to outside the podcast say, "Man, I can just see the growth that's happening, Hunter." Not just you, but those that are listening. If there are people that are going through this growth, here's one good thing about it: uh, as God gives you this knowledge, as God helps you, and, and you you start to 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 see the things come about in your life test it god will prove he's true that'll then add to your faith that's how the the, the monumental movement of god the, the snowball effect works once once god starts to develop you and that process gets momentum going uh 
you test it and you, you get it out there and God proves that there, there's, there's truth there, there'll be that monumental faith that develops that will carry you through times that, you know, the, the providence of God. And again, we'll get probably on a different topic, but God's orchestrating our life for us right now as we, as we speak. He's preparing us. And that, that the, his providence knows what we're ready for. He knows what we're not ready for. And, and this is a time right now that we're in as, as individuals, uh, yeah, we've got to have a teaching spirit. We've got to have the right people in the right spots, and we've got to have uh, people that have a teachable spirit and all the things that we've already talked about because I guarantee you, God's preparing us. Yeah. God's preparing us. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, and I'll say, because you said, made a comment, that's a cop-out. I love teaching the Word. One of my favorite things, right? One of my, other fa- one of my top favorite things is when I get to study on my own and I have a light bulb come on. And I understand something and see something clearer, more clear than I did before. But I love teaching. I love seeing people learn. But I will say this. If your pastor or your teacher has the gift of knowledge, do not rely on them for your own. Like, yeah, learn from them. Let God, I mean, if God's ministering and using them to help you, great. But do not just depend on one man for your biblical knowledge and interpretation of Scripture, right? Search those things. Study those things. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I love questions. I love when people come and talk to me. But it's one thing to give an answer. But it's another thing to prompt someone to go find it themselves. Because when they find it themselves, I learned this. When I found something myself... It clicked way more than someone just spoon-feeding me. And so this is one of those things that, like, you know, and I've heard, and I'll say this too, I've had people make comments, right, about learning this or learning this or about being some scholar or being the smart guy to ask. And I'm just like, it's right here for every single one of us. One thing I learned is even, like, me, Grant, and uh, Josh, some of the young ministers here, we all have different backgrounds. We're all coming from three, four different places. But what I love is we're all being taught the same thing. Study the Bible, get into it, pray, break it down. So when you minister to others, you're sharing things from your own experience and what you've learned instead of what someone's had to spoon feed you. Yeah, and here's just a little bit of wisdom, what little I have. Don't jump off in a well if you can't swim. <laughs> Do not get into a subject. Good advice. That, you're not, that you can't explain out. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I mean, literally, like... I, I'll say this for a young man. He'll know who he is when I say it. Uh, I was getting some questions the other night, and I <laughs> I left him hanging. I said, you better start studying. Hold on <laughs> and I mean, that that's, that's a pastor that is challenging someone in his congregation to study. Because when we look at the text, I mean, Paul, Timothy, what, I mean, he said... He told Timothy, remind them of these things. Peter, I mean, when you when you look at that verse I read out of Second Peter chapter 1 about the things we should practice so we won't be ineffective, he says, I'm going to keep reminding you of these things because we're called to remind and teach others but prompt them to study and to learn things. One thing I love, right? What did Jesus do? He always asked these methodical, beautiful wisdom questions to the disciples who do you say that i am intentional yeah intentional questions and he knew they couldn't understand them fully but he would challenge them right and now i bet the day came when they pentecost took place and all things came to remembrance 
I bet they were thankful for how the Lord challenged them and brought them to a place that if they would remain faithful, they would be used for the beginning of a whole New Testament age of the church. And so, my friends, when we look at this spiritual gift of knowledge, one, if you have it, really, if God's gifted you with intelligence, especially Scripture and the Christian pursuit of the religion we follow, I would say this. Be a good steward of what you have been given. Please. Because if you hold the truth and unrighteousness, it might be that one day you stand before the Lord and it's a bunch of hay, wheat, and stubble. You won't be rewarded because you didn't use or do what God called you to do. The other thing, I don't see how if someone has this gift, they could hold everything in. I'm telling you, I, I really don't. Because the things that God reveals to you and the things God teaches you, and then He opens up an opportunity to share it with someone else, just to hold that truth in. Yeah. You're holding something from somebody. It's, um, I think a lot of folks in a lot of times have tried to operate without the gift. If you operate without the gift, then you make more of a mess than a help to those that are around you. Uh, you have the ability to mislead people in doctrine, in practice, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's where we have to really uh, make sure we have good discernment that the Holy Spirit is, is giving us that gift. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm wowed at the gift that some men have in this area, and I, I thank God for them. But the um, Bible also says, you know, be careful of a man that speaks well of himself. You have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But some are some are, gist, are gifted through school, but they're not gifted by the Spirit. Yep. And they lead away, the Bible says, like silly women captive. And they, they do things that are uh, they're not scriptural. So um, that I think it's key that, um, you know, if there was anyone in this fellowship here at the chapel that, you know, and I've had them come up, if they've got a question or a way they've been taught, and they're like, so show me. You know, where are you talking about this? Every pastor and every good teacher should be able to say... To give a defense, Peter said. Be ready. In in or out of season. In or out. Because, I mean, it's even like, you know, Haley was telling me of a question she was asked the other day about Cain and Abel in the beginning and all the relationship and all that stuff. And the person made a comment about how they'd asked other pastors and they didn't have answers. And I'm sitting there like... What do you mean they didn't yeah. have answers? Don't, don't take the example. Uh, this is where it's like the Lord writing a check, and this is why we... No. No, give me text by text. Don't don't give me your theology. Yep. Give me scripture. Interpretation. And I mean, that that's one of those things that, like, if someone comes to me and says, you know, maybe you need to view this another way, I, what's your text? What do you have? And one thing I love is, you know, a lot of people that I've been in conversations with about things in Scripture, they do have texts. Now, do I agree with them? No. But do I appreciate how they're bringing something to the table? Yes, because a lot of people don't. They're like, well, I mean, it's like, I'll say this. Something that a lot of people sharing on Facebook right now, it's this post about how, uh, keep in mind that the Antichrist comes first. I've known this because I've studied my Bible my whole life. And all these people are sharing it. And the beginning, the last of it's great. Why? Because it's talking about Jesus Christ, John three sixteen. But the beginning of it is wrong. Why? Because it's not teaching correct scripture. And the thing is, is everyone keeps sharing it, and I'm sitting here like, wait a second, yo, <laughs> the Antichrist does not come first. We'll, we'll be scripture is pretty clear, you know, tribulation, all this, and you know, I'm a pre-trib guy. I believe we're going to be gone before the antichrist and tribulation begins. But it's like when you share something just because someone says this is how it happens. Trust me, I've studied my whole life. That's cashing a check. That's I mean, so we have to be ready to give a defense. Well, just like our pastor said, I you you have to admire somebody who has an ambition, uh, but 
we need to redirect our yeah. focus and, yeah. and get it back on the simple, uh, yeah. simplistic, uh, uh, passionate fruits of the spirit. I mean, hey, let's. There's enough right there that we, uh, Pastor hit on <laughs> just a little bit this morning. We could spend months of time and effort applying a study and a, a passionate pursuit of getting our heads around what it means after the Holy Spirit comes in our life and what the byproduct of that yeah. should be. And it would eliminate a lot of this mumbo-jumbo feelings stuff. Yes. One of them. So now looking back at everything, if I could make a request for the future of the church, just to request out to those that are, that are studiers now and those that God's leading, this would be my request to you in the days that, that I'm gone way after. When, when kids are at a certain age, uh, I can remember being taught stories David and Goliath, right? Simple, simple things. We, yeah. we were yeah. uh, song memorization mm-hmm. and, and all those things. Oh, Zacchaeus, he's a wee little man. <laughs> wee little man. <laughs> wee little man was he. <laughs> but he, anyway, um, <laughs> let, let me say this to all you that's listening for the future. Um, teach your children as they get to the age that they can handle it how to study the right way. You'd be, it's sort of like talking about a kid. You can take a kid fishing, he'll eat for a day, but you teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. If, if, teachers would pour into their um to their students that god's given them the ability to be over teach them at the eight they're so advanced now than we were yeah you yeah know. absolutely and the uh, church is falling behind because we're in adult oh class my. studying this stuff you know what i'm saying oh I'm, I'm 50 year old yeah. well it's even i mean it, and it's even like you know with, with i don't our, feel 50 <laughs> with our uh thank you preacher with our uh our youth group on wednesday nights you know and I mean, I'm not dogging any other anybody else, but you know, a lot of times teenagers are taught, you know, God loves you, God loves you, Jesus loves you, believe in Him, you'll be saved. You come forward, you'll be saved, and that's the pattern that I hear a lot. But the thing is, is like with with our kids, and this is just a conviction of mine. I want to teach them things just like anyone else, right? Now I might make it more simple because they're teenagers, but when you get into the doctrine of sanctification, the Trinity justification the results of sin i mean we've talked about the rapture we've talked about hell i mean you you just go through these biblical things or right now we're doing verse by verse through john talking about the promise of the holy spirit and so when you go some people may not agree with that some kids might say well that's boring you know but my conviction is is if we don't train these kids then they're going to be 26 years old one day and they don't even want to come here anymore because nobody Set them yeah. down. If, yeah. if we don't train the church, exactly, it's going to still exactly. be in its infant state. Exactly, that's, and that's the point that I was trying to make. As as a church, as a body, we need to get serious about. And again, I'm not I'm not pointing fingers for my delinquent, stunted spiritual development <laughs> on the church. I'm not doing that. That's that's a, that's my responsibility. But here's what I want to understand. Uh, the point I need to get across is, as a church, we can do a better job. We can do a better job. Yeah. Of getting these basic i mean to clear up a lot of this man I, you see through one person go to the altar four or five times trying to get saved we could clear a lot of that up yeah by just simply getting our head around when the holy spirit comes into your life after salvation there's a development process that happens and a lot of this stuff by just individuals depending on the holy spirit of god will clear itself up and it and it's like you know Here's the th- here's the question. The holy living thing, the stop sinning thing. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I interrupted you like four or five times. It's okay. The, the, you know, the, uh, we talked about it. You know, quit sinning, be ye separate, come out from among the world. All these things would uh, absolutely. The Holy Spirit is so good at it, convicting me, 
show me when I'm wrong, if I listen to him, the natural byproduct is being a peculiar person. You separate yourself yeah. from the lost and dying world. And it's like, um, here. I mean, here's the question. Do we keep producing an ignorant people, or do we try to make a difference and produce educated people? Because it's, a, you know, it's like I was listening to my grandfather talk the other day, and he talked about how, you know, back in uh, the early days, a lot of Baptist preachers did not have a full grip on eternal security and salvation. And they all kept preaching, and he said, you know, I just, I had to figure it out. He said, so I started studying out through the scriptures and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I realized that we were kept by him, and then that's how I started preaching. And he said, people would ask me all the time questions, and I was able to help them and see. But that's what I'm saying. Do we keep producing people that don't know, and that's just how they live their whole lives? Or do we come to the table, and we start producing people that are educated and well-versed, and they're able to give a defense? Because here, And I'm saying this not to literally mean it. When I'm able to help at Watson's Chapel, I literally want to help, not produce myself. I want to help people become, in a sense, their own theologians. Because when you look at the word uh, theology, it means theo means God, and logos means word, and you start looking at God word, God study, right? So when I say it, I'm saying I'm not trying to make people like me or produce more hunters, but I do want people to leave this church or to go to this church and go out in the community and be able to give biblical definition, biblical explanations, and in a sense, be their own theologian and be able to be well-versed in Scripture and have the knowledge. Why? Because I'm like a lot of people. I'm tired of seeing people just go through a pattern of not knowing, and then one day it hits them, oh, well, now I have regret because I never studied. I never got into it. I, I can't. Or, you know, when people get in conversations they're unequipped for. It's not that I'm tired of it because I'm angry. I'm just tired of it because I feel bad for them because they do have an opportunity to be well studied. They do have people in this community that want them to be educated. But the question is, will the leadership make the stance to produce an educated people? Your spiritual maturity will be how you raise the least in your midst. And bring them to a level to where they can understand and be productive. If you want to see how mature you are, I'm not. I'm not concerned whether we lose pew jumpers or people that <laughs> shout. I could care less because this is what I know. This is more at stake than emotional yep. emotions, and, yep. and and it's not just a service going home where people run a circle through the church and boy, the whole you know the Holy Spirit was there and the Lord was there. What preach preach about? I don't know, but boy, it sure was spiritual, and. and it's just time to get down to, it is, to the real nuts it and is. bolts. It is. Well, it, when we talk about the, the things like Hunter talked about, that, that ability to, to pour in and, and to, to stimulate and and to encourage folks to get, that produces that, that natural flow because, you know, we've got so many Christians that just come and, and, and all they do is take in. They never give out. They're not the hands. They're not the feet. Yeah. They're, not, they're, not, they're not being... Uh, the, those who help accomplish the ambassadors to see God's will accomplished here on earth, the, the ones that minister, the ones that love, the ones that show acts of kindness. And, and they're just, I use that term stagnant. Mm. It's just, it, you know, if you take a, like a body of water mm. and it just flows in, it never flows out. It kind of gets stagnant and you get that old frog yeah. skim, skim on top of it yeah. and mossy stuff. And it's just, you want to drink that water. But that water that's flowing, that's that's coming in and going out, and you come to church and God fills you, and then you take go out to your job or you go into your school and it flows out. It's that it's that process where God uses us to be His hands and feet, and and 
don't want to get too graphic, but if you're, it's like that, you know, if you're always taking in and never giving, it's like that show, The Hoarders. Mm-hmm. You ever see that show? Mm-hmm. Where they got this junk's just piled everywhere. Got a little pig trail that goes through their house. A lot of Christians today, I think, are spiritual hoarders. They're like, bless me. Bless me, God. Bless me, preacher. Yeah. But they're never giving out. Let me, I want to say one thing. This will be my last uh, as far. It, it, in the spirit in which you do it as well, to those that you're trying to teach or to those you're trying to pour into, um, you want to make sure that it's not mightier than thou, but that you're pouring into people the right way. Because, again, I, I felt ignorant about a lot of things, but the way that I was being taught encouraged me rather than discouraged me not yeah. to spend time in the Word. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is just a day and age where we have an opportunity to help those be educated and become more knowledgeable about the Word. Because I'll say this, and then we'll end. I know some people here that you might meet them. You might, you might think they're good old country boys or good old country women, and they haven't been to school and they haven't done this and this, but once you sit down, you better get ready. Because they study. And that's what I, I want everyone. In my, and I know it's not going to happen. And I know I'm saying the word. And I, I would love to see everyone in every fellowship be able to understand biblical things to the best of their ability. Instead of them living in an age of, well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Now, I will say this. Your testimony, if that's all you know, that's all you have. Amen. That's enough for someone to hear the gospel. But when we talk about defending the faith and going through biblical doctrines, I just feel like if we are not capable as leadership and as teachers of the word to educate those who are under us, then we are not fulfilling our calling. We are not taking advantage of the opportunity God has given us. Because here's the thing. I know people that have been to school. I know people who do this and do this seminar and do this. I've heard people brag about how they do this and they're better than this and do this. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? We pay money to go to school and do all these things, and it's a blessing. I'll tell you this. It's a God-given opportunity. But the common man can sit at home and get online and study the Word of God and study Greek and study Hebrew and st- without even paying a dime. And so it's this ain't the Reformation where only the elite have the Word of God. This is a day and age where everybody has it. And if the elite view it as we're elite and no one else knows this, then they have completely mishandled the opportunity that they have. And so, my friends, I hope you're educated on the spiritual gift of knowledge. Um, I hope you're challenged to grow in your knowledge. Yep. But also, you know, if you have someone, maybe your pastor, someone in your church that teaches you a lot of things, pray for them, encourage them. And here's the thing, question them. Keep them on their toes because they have to learn. No one ever reaches the mark. One thing I love about uh, our pastor here is he's probably got a full congregation that keeps him on his toes with questions. And uh, that's a good thing because we want him to study and learn even more. So, hey, uh, Grant gave a challenge our week before last. Share this with two people. Yeah. I mean, if our listeners, I wouldn't have done that. Did you do that? Because we're going to find... No, I'm kidding. We won't find <laughs> out. But... Um, hey, I do want to give a shout out to Hope Dotson. Yes. Yes. She talked to Alan about how she's a listener. Uh, and I'll say this. Listen, I'm not putting a time frame on this, but last week was our 50th episode and we weren't able to record. So this is 51. So I will put this out. The first person, because we want to celebrate this, the, Absolutely. First, the first person to email... Um, me or our church email media watchingschapel.net the web the email we use for this podcast the first person to email me the number 50 will get a free 
one and only customized WCBC podcast t-shirt. You'll be the only person to have it. Um, we'll get it customized. We'll put your name on it. We'll get your t-shirt size. But the first person that emails me at mediatwatsonschapel.net, the number 50, will be our winner. Um, I'm not going to give it out early to anyone. It's going to air Thursday. Grant and Pastor, do not email me because you don't count. It's people who aren't in this room. So uh, we look forward to you guys. Do you all have anything else? God bless. God bless. Uh, Pastor, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.